Amen. Well, awesome. Well, I'm excited to be talking about ministry planning. Um, this is an exciting time of year as we get to kind of look forward to 2023 and all that God has in store for us. And so I want to dovetail off of Jeff's call last week. Uh, I know that he talked about ministry planning in regards to town advancement. And so now we're talking about ministry advancement and what that looks like. And so as we kind of kick off here, um, I want to just, you know, remember what we started with last week was it all starts with a God-sized vision. And, um, you know, we talked a little bit about the, I heard, listened to it a little bit about the tension of the big God-sized vision of what could our ministry look like in our areas 10 years from now, five years from now, um, and work our way backwards to where we are today. But then the tension of setting attainable goals and our SMART goals. So I think that's where we live and that's what we're going to talk about specifically in regards to ministry advancement. And so, you know, I, I would love to hear from you all um, and just start with the first question is, how do, you, how do you start with your ministry advancement goals? Like what, where do you even begin as you think about the ministry planning year and specifically engaging, equipping, empowering, um, you know, have you, have you started this process thinking about it for next year? And if so, where do you begin? So I would love to just hear from each of you. For me, it begins with looking, looking back on the year that was, and just really taking account as to what God did, not just what I was able to do in my own strength or anything like that, but really seeing where God went above and beyond what I expected to do. So that way it gives me good, solid motivation for what's going to come. That's good. Um, I would, I would even, I completely agree, um, Mark. And that's what we talked about last time, really just assessing where we are today. Um, I would want to dig in even a little deeper to that and ask some others or, or Mark, you can speak to this, but um, what are we specifically looking at? So what are the things that we're evaluating or looking at? Are we looking at um, the relationships? Are we looking at the number of huddles? Like, what are the things we're assessing? Um, have you thought, has anybody thought about that? And what are we, what are the things we're measuring and looking at as we, as we think about it? Yeah. For, for me, oh, go ahead, go ahead, Adrian. Okay. Um, yeah, for me, it's um, <clears throat> really going over um, my goals that I had set for this uh, current year and assessing um, what I did well and what I didn't do so well in, and then tweaking those goals um, because I wanna um, set goals again for this upcoming year. Um, and so maybe I'll tweak some, um, and then the ones that I think um, I have um, achieved, um, maybe I'll go next, uh, the next level and be a little bit more risky um, and set some new goals around those ones that I achieved. So, yeah. So for me, it would be re reviewing my goals and setting new goals according to how it worked out this year. Yeah, that's really good. Looking at, you know, for each of us in last year's My Ministry Game Plan, looking at the goals that we had set in each of those areas. And hopefully this isn't the first time you look at them since last year. Hopefully you've looked at them throughout the year. But if not, now's the time to go back through and see where we are measure kind of what are those things that we felt like God gave us for, for this year. And then, you know, where did God, because sometimes I think we set goals and 
God moves in different directions. He opens different doors than we anticipated. Um, and so I think just evaluating that is, is awesome and, and using those goals as a, as a reference point. It's really good. Someone else was going to jump in there. I was going to follow up and say, in terms of digging deeper, when I was doing, when I would reassess the year before in the past, and Nathan taught me a lot about this because I go strictly by the pluses or minuses of the numbers that they were expecting. And I was getting, when I didn't hit a number, I would get so on myself about not getting that goal, even though there might've been legitimate reasons why it didn't get reached. So I do look at those because we do have measurables, quote unquote, but I look at the relationships because that's a, that's how I, I'm wired anyway, but B because those could be the seeds of what ministry could look like in the next year. So take a valid, you know, take a validation check of who did I build a bridge with and, and what could that come about in the next 12 months? That's awesome, Mark. It's almost like you're reading my notes here on this side. Um, you know, people versus programs. As we know, our KTVs are moving in the direction of measuring people, right? For directors, eventually we're moving to this idea of the number of staff. And then for reps, it will be the number of empowered leaders, or we're going to come up with the official title volunteers or whatever. But it's really focused on people. Um, and so I think that's really important. The other tool that I would consider, um, so one, we would look at our goals and the goals that we had set. The second is looking at, uh, and hopefully you all have one of these, some kind of tracker relationship management tool, spreadsheet, you know, some people use it in, in their phone. However you manage your relationships, going through that list of relationships of all the people that you get to interact with and kind of see where God has moved, see how God has brought them through their journey with you and with FCA and what the next steps are. Because as we know with E3, um, it's a journey, you know, and wherever they are, we want to lead them into a growing relationship. And so no matter, no matter if they're people who don't know Christ, people who are, have been strong in their faith, that's, we want to just continue the journey with them. So I would encourage you to, if you don't have, I hope you all have a formalized kind of structure system to look at those people. Um, but really kind of pray over that and see, evaluate where has God moved this year with these people and, um, where, where is God praying through, where's God calling me to continue to press in for the next year? Um, any other thoughts about how you kind of look at the ministry year and think about ministry advancement goals as we continue on? I think the only other, you know, I think the majority of this process is, you know, pretty closely tied to the E3, right? We've kind of what we're talking about here. And, um, you know, obviously seeing who is in the engage that needs to be, you know, could be challenged to move to the equip phase and so on and so forth. I think there's probably a fourth category that we should consider too, as we ministry plan is like looking at those, you know, for us, like those new areas that are, you know, maybe you have a couple strategic connections there, you know, whether it's a student or it's a parent, I think of one school that we just have a, a parent and a son who's really excited about, but don't necessarily have a coach. And so, you know, maybe using some of those perspective, um, you know, almost like perspective staff, but perspective, you know, areas and perspective, um, new ministry spots, you know, as a, as a, as a way to kind of set new goals, right. And to kind of reach a little bit further ahead than we are, um, challenge us a little bit to dip into these areas and dig a little bit more. So that would kind of be the only 
you know, practical piece I would add to all of this. Yeah, I think that's so good, Aaron. Like for a lot of us, um, we have we I think probably everyone in our ministry has um, an untapped area yet, like an area that we haven't kind of gone that far into. So you know, we have our in our area or space that we live in, we have some some pockets that we're doing really good things. We're seeing God move, and then we all have those areas where we could man, there's nothing there yet. And so I do think thinking through that, praying through um, who are the people, who are the networks or the connections we have in those areas that we can begin to press into for our goals. Um, it's really good. I'm going to throw this in the chat here. Uh, I pulled these from the job, job descriptions. Excuse me. And uh, you can see for a rep and for the director, these are the ministry advancement um, kind of bullet points for your job descriptions. And you can see, you know, primarily in the world of ministry advancement for a rep, engaging, equipping, empowering coaches, athletes, and volunteers. And then it by ministering in our environment. So one-on-ones, huddles, or events. And then training and equipping staff and volunteers to go out and do that, to empower coaches and athletes to make disciples, will make disciples. And then really the only difference for the director is there in terms of the engaging comparing, you're just ensuring that your staff are doing that. Right. And so you're being intentional about how you measure it, how you look at it. Um, but it's basically the same. And so I think about that training piece and this is kind of what Jeff talked about last week is as we train, um, you know, I think it's going to be really important to think about E3 um, as we move forward into um, the next year and probably the next two years, E3 training is going to be, you know, uh, essential for us as we try to mobilize volunteers and move forward. And so um, I think that's going to be really important for us to think through how we can utilize online training. I'm still, uh, I think everybody will need to use that online 90 minute E3 course but I am a huge proponent of doing it in person and in relationship. And so um, as ministry advancement coordinators or, or um, you know, across the country, all of the ministry advancement folks have been talking about using that 90 minute course as like a precursor, but nothing trumps doing it in relationship with people. And so going through those kind of things with people, and I would strongly suggest um, building some E3 training into your ministry plan. So I don't know if anybody has thought about that and, and considered what does E3 training look like um, in regards to your plans for the future as you look to mobilize volunteers? Um, has anybody thought through what that could look like in their area, either having events where you're doing E3 training um, or huddles or something like that in a ministry environment? Does anybody have anything that has come up that you've done or that you're hoping to do in the future? Yeah, I think I've shared this before, but this is the first year that we actually implemented um, this with our <clears throat> with our our student leadership athletes, and so we had a group of nine athletes that um, were our volunteer leaders. We are an organized club at Roberts, so on campus, and so because we're an organized club, we have a president, a vice president, so on and so forth. Um, and volunteer leaders. And so we have a group of nine. And this ape, we started in uh, February <clears throat> and ended the week before uh, the last week in eight, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, the first week in May. So from February to May, um, we met on Fridays um, from, from 11, 11 to 1230. And we did the actual E3 training with them. 
Um, and so we put nine student leaders um, through this training and uh, the encouragement and empowerment that we have given them kind of like a commissioning is now come fall, they will be huddle leaders. Um, and our hope is that as their huddle leaders, they will take all fall and assess their huddle and give us uh, names of people that we can put through E3 training. So it's again, disciples making disciples. So the ones that we have discipled will go on and then give us names of individuals from their huddles that they think would make um, good leaders um, and disciplers of disciplers. So it's kind of like a, um, hopefully it'll be like, it, it would be awesome if you could get everybody um, as we're talking every, but if we could get every student athlete at Roberts through this program, just simply by starting with the nine that we did this year. So um, that's something that's in our vision and that's kind of our mission um, going forward. I love it. So good. What I hear is that there's intentionality behind it and there's a plan on the, on the future. Like we're thinking through these the relationships you have, and we're having plans to continue on the journey to, for, to be making disciples who will make disciples because it's so easy to go and like do the training, do the thing. But if we don't have a follow-up plan, if we don't have, you know, intentionality for the future, that's where we can miss people. We can drop the ball or miss opportunities. So I love that Adrian, that we're going in on the front side of with intention um, that they will be disciple makers in the future. It's really good. Other thoughts about how you're going to approach or implement or bring into E3 training to mobilize volunteers and grow our ministry for the next year? I don't think this necessarily offers a lot of creativity to this conversation, but I mean, I'm continuing to try to, you know, any coach that comes and wants to lead, you know, in a, in a huddle setting or whatever, I'm continuing to almost just treat this as a requirement for their, you know, for their certification, you know, along with an MLA. And it's led to a lot of really good conversations. Now, I know Manny's done some more formal events and things like that, where there's been, you know, some energy and things like that around it. But um, it's worked well for us to just kind of have a really simple approach of just basically saying, here's what you got to do to serve with us. That's so good. And again, I think the training, Aaron, like you said, it's a great precursor, kind of a launching point. But the hope is that we do this in relationship. And so it's the beginning part. It's something that we just do like an MLA E3 training is what we do. And from there that launches us into relationship to then have conversations about where they fit and, you know, seeing how we can disciple and help lead people to um, the right fit within our ministry. It's really good. And, and what Aaron said was, uh, was really key and I don't want you to miss it. And it's not that it's almost treated as a requirement, you'll see in the ministry plan, it now is a requirement. They will, in order to, to be considered an empowered volunteer of any kind, that, that leadership application and the E3 online training is a requirement. So uh, I love that you're talking about this because we do need to, to think about it. We, uh, you know, part of the reason is we, we want to make sure that we don't have coaches and athletes falling through the cracks where now we're not ministering to them because we lost track of them. And part of it is because that's what organizationally we're going to be required to do in order to, as you said, start to measure people instead of programs and events. Yes. So that, that is really important that you don't miss that. Um, 
that's uh, the biggest and most important thing is that ministry leader application, um, E3 training, and then an empowered leader will be leading in a ministry environment. Those are kind of our three pillars to what is an empowered leader or volunteer, whatever we end up calling that, that definition. Um, the great news is we've been doing this as a region on our scorecard. And like, we've been really focused on this in terms of ministry advancement within the region. We haven't necessarily required the E3 training, but now that will be the final piece. Um, but I think we've been really seeking to have MLA leaders leading in environments as, you know, we've been calling them empowered coaches. So now we're just going to open that lens up a little bit wider and have empowered leaders. So that could be student athlete leaders who are in those leadership positions who will be E3 trained and we're, we're discipling them or raising up leaders to be discipled and discipling others. So um, as we get into that, we're going to talk a little bit just now about the scorecard and what we've been doing and how we kind of use that as a launching point. So we talked about the tools, looking at our goals from last year, my ministry game plan. We talked about looking at a relationship list and the people that we already have relationship with or areas that we could move into. And then finally, um, we have this awesome tool of our scorecard, which really tracks our lead and leg measures, right? So we know that our ultimate goal is to get to empowered leaders. That's what we want. How we do that is engaging those who, who we don't have relationship with now and then equipping, um, you know, equipping in relationship with them. So, you know, what I would love to, to challenge you with is to look at um, how, how, had, how have we done with our, our scorecard? Do we feel like our, um, the measurements that we have each week, or were we close with those goals or were we way off base, you know? And um, are we actually moving towards empowered coaches or are there things that we need to do differently to help raise that up? So we think about SMART goals, and I'm going to address this. And as directors, you all, if you've been through this process, you've most of the time had to go back with your, your staff and go back through SMART goals because it's so easy to not have SMART goals. Um, we write these kind of generic goals, and I've been you know, uh, challenged on that before as well as I write these. But we're remembering specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-bound. And so thinking through that, um, again, that scorecard's a great tool for that, but really taking a look at that, those measurements and how close they are. Nate, did you have anything else in terms of the scorecard and where we are and where we need to be? I, I, well, it's, I think it's a great point you're making that as we assess, and a lot of you have said, assess how we did. When I, when I look at the scorecard, there are a lot of lead measures in there, and, and, and I set my own goals, right? Just like you all set your own goals for, the, for those uh, different aspects of the scorecard. So I'm going to assess, uh, did I hit those numbers? Uh, if so, then, but I didn't achieve the, the goals, then do I need to, do I need to change my tactics? Do I need to increase my, my, my numbers? Do, you know, do I need to reach out to and engage more coaches? Uh, do I, uh, do I need to equip more coaches and, and what, what does that look like? So there's just a practical side of, of, praying through the ministry plan, but, but knowing, is it me who has to change? In other words, I need to, I need to do more. I need to roll up my sleeves. And I need to, I need to go out and, and get in front of more people. Uh, do I need to, is, you know, or is it, it's not a matter of getting in front of more people. It's just, I, I didn't do it effectively. So I need to change the way I do that. And what are, what are my tactics and techniques to getting in front of people? Or is it that uh, I'm, I'm, in front of too many people in one area and not in front of enough people in another area. In other words, I'm spending time doing things that 
that aren't best. They're not, they don't add the, the most value to the overall ministry. So just using those, those tools to really assess. Uh, and and I, I like the idea of doing a SWOT analysis. What are the strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats? What is, what's the SWOT analysis for your ministry? And just so don't be afraid to use those tools uh, as you create your SMART goals, as you create your ministry plan. Do it prayerfully, but uh, using those tools doesn't mean that you're you're not involving God. You're actually involving God in in helping you to discern through those tools how to how to most effectively lead in your area. Yeah, I think that was the SWOT analysis was something that was when back when we didn't have my ministry game plan and we had PDFs that we had to work through. Um, it, they, that SWOT analysis is in there. And I, I do think, especially in our region, um, looking at what are the threats to the ministry opportunities? What are the opportunities in front of us? And that's kind of what Aaron was talking about. Like, what are the new spaces, maybe the opportunities? Um, and then looking at ourselves and going, well, where is my strength? You know, for some of you, you might have great strengths in donor ministry, but in terms of engaging coaches, or maybe you know, like I think about Frank, Frank is like the key engagement guy. Like he is so good at that. Like he can talk to anybody, engage in deep spiritual conversation for other people. You might be stronger in a deeper equipping and empowering phase. So knowing your strengths, knowing the strengths and opportunities within your area is really valuable. Um, I think above everything else, my, I know we're coming up against it, but my biggest um, hope and prayer for each of you is that you spend more time than you think you need to in prayer and just sitting with this stuff, like looking at it, evaluating it, praying through it. And I wanted to share this passage that I was reading this morning and it was, uh, I was thinking about this passage before, and then I went through it. Um, it's in John 15. And most of you know this, but I'm going to just read the first few verses. Uh, it says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. Every branch in me that does not produce fruit, he removes and he prunes every branch that produces fruit. So it will produce more fruit. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me and I in you, just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains in the vine. Neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me. And I know we all know that passage. We've heard it. And I think we quote it a lot. We know we can't do anything without God. But do we plan like that? Do we plan like I can do nothing if it's not by God's leading? And um, I say this to myself because I'm a type of person who likes to make all the plans and organize everything but I can do it apart from God sometimes in my own mind. So my prayer and my hope for each of you is that we spend so much time really connected with God's heart and vision and that it's, uh, it's so clear that God's asking you to do, do things and that you'll, you'll just be connected to him in the process. And that way the outcomes will be all his, you know, up to God. We know we leave the outcomes to him, um, but that we can be connected to him. So that's what I have for us today. And my encouragement to you, but I would love to just, uh, any other questions about ministry planning specifically or ministry uh, ministry advancement goals or anything like that with the ministry planning tool this year? Anything else anybody has for questions? Off the top of your head, do you know some of those, I know Nate has been sending them out, some of those major dates is when we need to kind of project, project to have things done by in ministry planning? Yeah, the, uh, each state director has received an email with a ministry timeline, ministry planning timeline, and, and we'll communicate that with his or her team. So uh, 
so those dates are, are set because it's a domino effect. Uh, your every one of yours, your your uh, ministry plans, budgets, etc., roll up to somebody else's. So we we've set the timeline. Uh, please do your best to stick to that. Here's the thing: uh, they will open the my ministry game plan mid-May. Uh, the the leadership team, the, all the state directors have a meeting in the first week of June to review everything, make sure that we're that we're good to go. So we're asking everybody, you can look at it, but please don't start your ministry planning until uh, until that first week of June after the, the, the quarterly meeting ends on, on June 8th. After that, we're going to open up ministry planning uh, for everybody. So uh, I also say at the end of this month, there is a, a training piece. I would highly recommend that you attend that training webinar so that you can go through the My Ministry Game Plan, see the updates, all those things. Uh, right now, they're, they're, they're finalizing all of that. Any of the changes and updates, they're finalizing so they can release it. I think that'll be a great opportunity for us to, to see it before we even start planning. But June 9th, effectively, is the first day that we're going to uh, open up ministry planning. Yes, and that technology accelerator was in this week's scouting report. It is scheduled for the 27th, which for us, I think, are we coming back? I can't remember what the dates. I think we're coming back. It's the day after we come. Yeah, well, our retreat ends the 26th. So what a great time. You know, you'll, you'll be refreshed. You can, you can sort of unwind doing a technology accelerator uh, the day after our retreat. Yeah, so check out that scouting report. I think it was 1030 to 12 central time. Um, but take a look at it. It's in the scouting report if you have questions, but you will need to sign up for it just like they always do. So go into FCA University, you can find it there. Um, but I'm just going to pray for us because I know we're over time and then I'll stick on if anyone has questions. Okay. So let's pray. God, thank you so much for this time. I thank you for this amazing team of FCA staff we have in our region and around the world. God, we know that uh, ultimately um, we are here because you've called us to be here. We have things in front of us, but we want to do your will. And I pray for each of our staff that they would be so connected to you and hearing from you in this ministry planning season, that they would um, just be able to create plans that would be pleasing to you. That would be what you would have for them in their respective areas. And um, that they would be blessed uh, in the process of connecting with you and hearing from you as they have dreams and vision for the future and what this ministry can look like for years to come beyond, uh, beyond us and um, for those who come behind us. So God, we're just so grateful for the ministry of FCA. We thank you that we get to be a part of it and just ask that you bless all of the work of our hands and uh, we just give it all to you uh, in worship. So we love you and we thank you and I pray all this in Jesus name. Amen. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Margo. Good job.